Zoe Tarakis exudes a passion for her craft. She is immediately engaging on or off the stage. She's a young actor set on a path to make the best work possible, and with considerable credits assembled in her short career thus far, future prospects on stage and screen look assured and mark her as an artist to watch. She made her stage debut in Arthur Miller's A View from the Bridge. Tarakis' performance as Catherine earned her a Sydney Theatre Award for Best Female Actor in a Supporting Role in an Independent Production. She also received a Helpman Award nomination for this performance at the Melbourne Theatre Company. Other theatre credits include A Doll's House Part 2 for MTC and Metamorphoses and The Wolves for The Old Fitz. Zoe made her screen debut in the critically acclaimed Janet King for the ABC opposite Marta Dusseldorp, whilst completing her HSC. She will next be seen in the Foxtel series The End. Her enthusiasm for performance is contagious. Exposure to various platforms and working alongside some of the country's leading actors are offering her a unique opportunity to refine her craft and indeed to make the best work she possibly can. Well, so it's been joyous watching your work over the last few years. Thank you. I think I, I first saw you in Janet King, and then of course the runaway success of uh, View from a Bridge. <laughs> so I've invited you to talk to stages today because you, you know you are a young actor um, setting forth on your career. So I'm really curious to talk about your processes and um, and how it's all happened for you. Mm. And you, you'll love this. You are the youngest person ever to appear on the Stages podcast. I know. <laughs> Can we talk about how, how old you are? I am 19 years old. 19 years old. So it's been a roller coaster a couple of years for you, making mm. quite a, a few marks on, on a few projects. People train for years to get those sort of breaks. Um, is, is a career in acting, from your young perspective at the moment, a, a lot about chance? Do you think about being in the right place at the right time? Oh, yes, but... I don't know. I believe in like, you know, fate. Yeah. yeah. And the universe. And I think you're always going to land on the right path. Um, and I don't know. I think it can also look a certain way. And then there's these massive losses of, you know, the job you really want that you didn't get. And then I don't know. I think it's like, it's, it's a balance of the two. If you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, but I have been very lucky. Like there is no question about that. I reckon the first couple of ones were right place, right time. And I was not ready for Janet King or any of that. And then you learn on the job and then you start to feel ready. And you still, like, I know nothing. I will never stop learning. I think the second you feel like you've learned everything, quit. Um, but I think from kind of a view from the bridge onwards, I've been like, no, I've earned my, my place here. Are you, so you're in it for the long haul? Yeah, big time. So was some, acting something you always wanted to do? Um... Yes and no. I was like, I'm not that skinny, blonde, you know, beautiful thing that I see on TV. So I don't know how I would do that. Um, so I wanted to be an artist, like a visual artist. Um, and then I was doing it before I had kind of rationalised that that was what I wanted to do. If that makes sense. Yeah. Everything makes sense. <laughs> Everything makes sense. Um, and, you know, yes, you said you, you weren't that, that blonde sort of... Uh, type yeah. um but you're capitalizing on your own uniqueness also i yeah, think that's what time. we have to do as actors yeah. as well you know yeah don't look at things as a flaw but as no and i think i kind of got a bit trapped in that in the first bit when because i was so young doing janet king and you're so impressionable i was 16 and thank god i had the most phenomenal kind of people around me on that job um 
who just beat that stuff out of you very quickly. Um, but at the start, I was like, fuck, I'm not twig thin and I'm not blonde and I should be that if I want to work. And then you start to go, oh, no, that's my that's my superpower is that I'm not that and I can't be that. Mm. So just get really good at what you do and stay in your own lane. I think as human beings, we're always concerned about how we look and how we come across and all yeah. that sort of thing. But at adolescence, that can be magnified. Oh, so. big time. In this industry, fuck, yeah. Yeah, so that's... Uh, certainly a, a battle that you would have had to deal with <laughs> yeah. what's what's your earliest memory of performing hmm oh you were show off at home as a kid oh, yeah, or, yeah, yeah 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 oh put on shows all the time for my family um and then at school school productions 12th night in year nine was the big one that was when i was like oh this is pretty rad i really could get around this um yeah that was the massive one so you're doing Shakespeare as a 14-year-old? <laughs> Viola, yeah. Um, Viola as <laughs> yeah. well. I have, had you seen much Shakespeare? Did, no, but I loved it. Yeah. I, oh, I'd seen um, Kip's Romeo and Juliet. And that changed everything for me. Because I was like, oh, look, Shakespeare's a bit boring. And then I saw that. And I remember, because in the, in the prologue of that, I can't remember the exact words, but it's like, never was there a tale of more woe than that of Juliet and her Romeo. And it was the only production I'd ever seen where it was centered around Juliet and everything else was just kind of background noise. And I was like, oh, I get the play now. I love Shakespeare. This is the best. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I was just like, oh, I'm obsessed with him. That's that great Sydney Theatre Company production. I remember that image of the, the, the boys yeah. swinging yeah, around. Yeah, with Alt-J playing on yeah, the... Yeah. yeah, it was so rad. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That, that Shakespeare can be made... I use the term sexy, meaning really attractive and yeah, engaging. Yeah, and irreverent. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he was writing for the audiences of the day, I guess. Totally. So if you can make a production service the audiences exactly. of the day, you've, yeah. you're halfway there. Exactly. Um, so your agent must be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty great. I'm very lucky. How do you negotiate? I mean, you know, it's... it's uh, an imperative for all of us as actors, that relationship with our um, agent. Mm. It, it's got to be a good fit, doesn't it? They've got to understand what yeah. you want to achieve. Yeah. Um, and you've got to understand what they're trying to do for you as well. Yeah. The Shanahan's are just the best humans ever. Um, and I don't know. I think I, when I was younger, I kind of expected that agents tell you to do A or B and look like A or B and act like A or B. And they've just, from the get-go, they're like, please don't change. Please don't do anything. Just we want exactly you and just put it in front of a camera. And that's been the best thing because you have to have, feel like they have your back or else it's a bit scary. And that's why they've taken you on, I guess, because yeah. of your uniqueness. You, yeah. There's no one else like Zoe Tarakis. <laughs> <laughs> and there is nobody else like Zoe Tarakis. Um, so where did you grow up? You're obviously a Sydney girl. Yeah, um, Paddington with my family. Okay. Um, but I have spent the last year on and off in Melbourne. Right, because that's where the work is. Yeah, for me at the moment. Yeah. You like Melbourne? So much more. More than Sydney? Yeah. I think also it's that thing of when you move away from where you've grown up for the first time and it's like, oh my God, this place is amazing. There's a whole new world. Um, yeah, and I've got some really special friends there. Like I lived with Sarah Goods when we were doing Doll's House because I lost my accommodation. Um, and so Sarah and I got, she's like my other mum. Um yeah, I just love it there. I find Was it, she directing Doll's House? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, so I just come home after every show and we'd have a wine. It was the best. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really like it there. Yeah. A lot. Well, as actors, I, I guess it's a very nomadic experience, isn't it? Yeah. You, you've got to go where the work is. Yeah. And uh, 
It's the best. And some people hate it and some people love it. And I'm lucky that I love that style of doing Love touring things. and... Yeah, and just not really having a fixed address or anything. And here's the other thing about Melbourne. You've got Malt House. You know, the big quadrangle out the back of Malt House. Yep. Where everyone from MTC, everyone from Malt House, everyone from VCA, everyone from the Art Centre just kind of congregates in this space on any day or night of the week and just talks to each other and there's no like, mm, what show are you doing? Oh, interesting. There's none of that. There's no bullshit. It's so on. And we don't have that in Sydney. Right. Anywhere that I can Some name. sort of arts precinct. Yeah. yeah. Where you can just talk to people and it doesn't yep. matter if you're fucking working or not. You're just talking, you know? And out of that talk, you might hatch new work or... Exactly. New networking, new relationships. Just new mates yeah. that, you know, are not... That share the same vision. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But are not exactly like you. Yeah. Uh, siblings? Nah, none. Only child. Only child? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so how was that? How was that growing up as the only child? Oh, well, obviously you had friends who have siblings, etc. Yeah. Well, my best friend, um, Gemma and Sophie, they both live very close to me. So they're like kind of like my sisters. Um, and I think I heard this really interesting statistic that like something stupid. I'm going to get it wrong. But there's a lot of actors who are only children, like an obscene amount. And I think it's because you had to make your own fun when you were little. So, like, create your own So, worlds. the imagination is more... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just in that sense. Um, and you also have to... Worlds. You're crying out for attention. All the time. All the time. <laughs> just big attention seeker. Um, yeah, but I think that's why I've got a lot of um, very close friends in the industry. Because they just become my family. Mm. You know? I think it's a good thing. Um, do you remember the first play that you saw? Well, I mean, as a family, did you go to the theatre? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I remember the first play that I saw that changed, that like that I was like, holy shit, that's a play. That was The Hanging at STC. Sarah Goods directed it with Ashley Cummings and Jen Lemon. Um, How funny, then you ended up working with it. Yeah, a yeah. year later. Yeah. It was like I had a really, really bad eating disorder at the time and I was like really anorexic and didn't give a fuck about theatre or anything. I was like, just wanted to go to school and be stupid. And um, my godmother took me to this play. And I was like, oh, God, theatre. And then went, and it was about a girl who was just going through the exact same thing as me. Um, And I just remember this one line. And I literally just, for the first time, I'd never had that before from watching anything, like a movie or anything, where I felt like I'd been punched in the stomach. I was like, oh, ow, 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 what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? And then I walked out and I was in floods of tears and I went up to Sarah and I was like, thank you so much. That's changed my life. And she was like, oh, that's okay. And then she doesn't, she doesn't remember. Um, but then, yeah. And I left and I was like, kind of got better from being. I was going to say that. So do you think that that, that experience started the healing? Yeah, or? a lot. Um, yep. I started eating again and I started, um, kind of entertaining the idea of acting or maybe directing or something. I just was like, oh, I want to do that. Some, I don't care what it is, but I want to be a part of that. And then I saw, yeah. So you understood what what you were going through and how you could come out of it? Well, you know that, what's that Shakespeare thing? The mirror up to nature thing. That's what it was. It was like, oh, I feel like I'm looking in a mirror. Yeah. And I'd never had that before, seeing a play. Um, or seeing anything, for that matter. Um, so, yeah, it really did kind of change everything that show and then you found what you were meant to be yeah meant to do yeah exactly um and then it was just weird timing that literally exactly a a year later um maybe it was two years but like there was to the date sarah and marta and i opened doll's house and i hadn't told sarah any of this and i told her all on opening night and we're like (laughs) it's like so moving yeah that's great that's fantastic 
the family theatrical? Were there any other artists in your family? Um, my cousin Ben Tarakis is a visual artist. Um, my other cousin, Ed. Oh, Siggy Thornton is yeah. my cousin. Really? Yeah. I call her my auntie, but she's my cousin. Yeah. Does she know that? What? That I call her my auntie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time. Well, yeah. Well, how could you forget that you were related I know. to Siggy Thornton? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's the best. Because her career started quite young as yeah, well, Yeah, and she it? didn't train either. Right. And so we've had kind of similar part. We really want to work together. That, that's interesting because, um, you know, we've got some great actor training institutions mm. in this country. Um, but obviously, w- w- was that something that you, you know, when you were at high school, secondary school, you thought that you might go off to NIDA or WAPA or something? Yeah, before I'd started acting I was like mm, I'm gonna go to NIDA and I'm gonna do that and like <laughs> didn't know if I was gonna get in or anything but then when I was kind of landed on set for Janet and stuff I kind of asked Marta and Anita really honestly I was like this is Marta Dusseldorf yeah and Anita, Anita Haig I was like do you guys like be honest just from watching me the past couple of months do you think I should go to drama school like I just t- tell me because I, I want to go no like Nah, just just keep doing what you're doing and you'll be right. Just learn on the job and listen and pay attention and don't get lazy. And I was like, okay, great. And then Anita and Kath Moore introduced me to Nobby. And Ian Sinclair. Ian Sinclair. Mm-hmm. And Ian has been like drama school for yeah. me. Because like, he runs uh, 14, 16th, 16th Street. Street. Yeah. <laughs> 14th Street. <laughs> I was two before it. <laughs> 16th um, Street in Melbourne, yeah. Yeah, and he's a, like doing... A view from the bridge the first time, like literally had to teach me what being on voice meant, how to go to the end of a line. Like I knew none of it. So he's kind of been my drama school. Yeah. In a way. Well, you are effectively training. You are serving, no, time. serving an apprenticeship to some of our great actors and, yeah. and directors, the, yeah. the people that you're working with. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're, that was great advice, learning yeah. on the job. Yeah. Were you a, um, a, a good student at school? Were you focused? Were you, <laughs> were you driven? Because an actor obviously... <laughs> Needs to have a bit of self-discipline. But yeah. um, what were you like at school? So I was like really good. And then in year eight, I just got fucking naughty. I got suspended from school for drinking. <laughs> I got, um, yeah, I was really, really naughty. And then um, kind of pulled my shit together. And then in year 12, started, year 11, 12, started acting. And I did, it's not that I stopped caring. I love school. Um, but I just didn't have time to do both. And so I <laughs> kind of went, okay, I'm going to pick one yeah. and I'm still going to give the other one as much time as I can, but I can't invest equal into both. And so I picked acting because I was like, you know what? This is what I want to do. I don't need an ATAR for it. But in doing that, I think it was really smart because it took all the pressure off my HSE. I was like, I literally, <clears throat> I, I didn't study that much. Um, but I was learning lines, so my you, you know your memory is a muscle. So I could remember essays really quickly, um, and I think because I didn't care, it meant I could really think and really listen in all my exams and not get overwhelmed by anxiety. So I did really well. In your HSC, yeah, good actor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I isn't think it? because I didn't care, I did better. Right. If that makes sense. Because you got Janet King during year twelve. Year eleven. Year eleven, yeah. right? And so, God, you were going into your HSC mm-hmm. as you were doing mm-hmm. it. I know, but a view from the bridge was the one that was through the HSC. That was the tricky one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gee, you got quite a lot of work in a short period of time. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty intense. But I assume you were supported very much by by your school to sort of do. Yeah, they were what wonderful. You loved. I yeah. didn't get any extra points or anything, which was a bummer. But um, they were so magnificent about it 
um, and kind of, you know, let me take the time off that I needed to shoot or whatever. Um, yeah, and really, like, Miss Mulder, like I said, just sat with me at lunchtime and just helped me because I was missing so much school. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Because you were following a passion, I guess, which ultimately it was going to be your life's yeah, journey. Yeah, yeah. and I, it helped, like, acting, especially working with Ian because he's a bloody genius. He is. And so we were doing After the Bomb um, and I got to as a related text I did a view from the bridge because I knew all the quotes all right. so I got to write about it in my HSE so it kind of helped right. yeah yeah you know yeah. that first hand experience yeah so who were the um, artistic influences in your childhood who, who were your idols you know either going to the cinema or the theatre mm. or whatever oh. was there do you have a favourite actor um, do I have a favourite actor <sighs> growing up um <laughs> you know, most people Sad. I talk. Most people I talk to, I talk about them growing up in their childhood, <laughs> and where they are now. And I've just suddenly realised that, that you're merging into both. Your childhood yeah, is not that far, no, far, no. far long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. Um. Well, to, to, who are your idols now? Um. Well, a lot of them are Aussie. I mean, oh fuck, Jessica Lang. Like, I yeah. just think is the greatest actor ever. I saw her in Long Day's Journey Into Night. Oh, you're jealous? Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, yeah. I think she is the shit. Um, yeah, she's pretty good. She's just so open, and I don't know how she's doing it, how everything just flows through her. I'm like, oh, I want to be able to do that. Um, but then, like, a bunch of, like, Kaz Brazier, Box, Kate Box, Helen Thompson, Andrea, Marta, like, there's. I, I, and women, some... women that you've uh, been blessed to work with. As totally. Well, and they're bloody the best. Oh, Blazy Best too. They're just like, I'm like, fuck, they don't come much better than you. Marco Chiappi is another one. Um, uh, Andrew's, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Andrew Scott as well. Yeah. Have you seen Fleabag? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> I saw the Emmys the other night and uh, it's pretty good. Oh my God, do you a favour? Well, Andrew Scott was... Um... Who played Hamlet? Yes, but wasn't he in... Um, Pride. Yes. And, <laughs> shush. Um, uh, the, the, the Sherlock. Yeah. Yes, I yes. He, that, he was, yeah. um, uh, I was going to say Abercrombie, um, the villain, um, yeah. Moriarty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's awesome. Absolutely, he is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Um, were your parents happy about you following a career in the arts? Uh, Did they want something a bit more stable for you? Yeah, definitely. They weren't too happy about it at the start. And I think they're still not too... I think they're so supportive. They come to all my shows and they yeah. like are the best. But I think they just get scared. Because it's scary. Because, you know, you can be... I can, I'm writing this now and it's wonderful. But who's to say in a year I could have nothing? And that's expected. That's normal, you know. And that's scary to them. Well, the arts have this reputation... Well, not reputation. It's quite true of being unreliable. Mm. Uh, unreliable work. Um, and it's tough to make a living as an artist. Yeah. Uh, are you prepared for that possibility? Totally. That there might be very long, lean times? Yeah, big time. Yeah. I think you have to be. If you, it's, it's, it's delusional to expect that it's just going to be wonderful all the time and constantly working. I mean, some people have that, and that's amazing. And I've been very lucky to have that in the past couple of years, but I do not expect it, this, it to be like this forever, you know. I think that's delusional. There's a calling you've got to commit to, I think, also, because you never know. I mean, I was at Whopper with actors who, a couple are only just coming into themselves now, yeah. and that's 20 years ago. Fuck. You know, 20 years to sort of make a dent in yeah. the industry and get the work. So yeah. it's something you've really got to be committed to. Yeah. Um, you must possess 
an incredible emotional intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, because you know, the roles that you've played, the mm. Janet King, what, tell me about that character. I uh, played a homeless girl called Pearl um, who was being kind of a bit uh, raped by a guy in order to have a place to stay. Okay, um, so quite a big role. Yep. And then Catherine in View from a Bridge. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. Um, Uncle falls in love with his niece. She adores him, doesn't want to let him go, but yeah, then yeah. says he's hurting her. Yeah. So so you've got to um, get in touch with certain feelings and experiences which would be quite foreign to to, to a, a young woman of, of 19, <laughs> 18, 17 when you started. Yeah. Or How do you tap into that, those sorts of... What do you draw upon to play those um, roles? I don't know. I kind of try and stay away from using my own shit. I mean, honest, like... Of course, the stuff you've been through helps a little bit because you know what something feels like. You know what it feels like to be heartbroken and all that stuff. Stanislavski. Yeah, all that shit. Recall. But Ian has been really good in kind of slapping me out of that. And he's like, if you give all your everything to the other person and you stay present and you just keep playing what you want and you play to win, it'll all come for free. Play intention, not emotion. And that's been the biggest lesson for me is that if you push it it's not going to come and then if you just kind of risk it not coming it usually shows up and acting is an illusion also isn't it yeah you sort of i mean god if you went to those places every night oh, times a week kill yourself yeah. like there's been there's been a couple of nights when it's been there and you can't help but it be really fucking real and it's hurts you go home i mean every night after a view from the bridge you feel like you've had a panic attack i think it was it was somebody said to me on janet king because I was like, whoa, I feel weird. I've never felt like this before. And they were like, your brain can tell the difference between real and imagined trauma, but your body can't. So your brain goes, I know I'm in a play where I have to get kissed by a 50-year-old man and cry on the floor. But your body's like, why the fuck are we having a panic attack every night? Stop it. So you wake up every morning with, you know, those like aches, like crying aches. It's pretty full on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, how do you, um, I mean, you talked about... Um doll's house and you go and have a wine with with your flat, flatmate <laughs> yeah. slash director and sort of debrief a little bit yeah. so so how do you debrief when when if you wake up like that or? uh i don't know it's just i think having a good cast is the saving grace of it all like it's like you know in every i haven't had a bad everyone's been so wonderful but you know with like sarah and marta we just hang out I think if, if you just stay in each other's company and you're all going through it together it kind of becomes like this big shared experience you yep. go into the into the void together I think if you're doing it by yourself it's fucking hard yeah so uh, as an actor or as a human being do you think you're a good sponge do you do you spend time watching people <laughs> yeah yeah whether yeah. in the bus stop or on the on the train or whatever yeah. um, people are fascinating bit of an empath yeah yeah I think so very porous to other people's shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you go on set? Because acting for camera is a very different experience to acting so for the stage. Different. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? I find it hard. I love it, but I find it more challenging. I mean, oh, I don't know. Different kind of challenging because it's not all... With theatre, everything you need is right there. You have the other person, you have your circumstances. It's all available. With screen, it's like okay, I'm pretending like we're the only people in the room and there's a camera literally like this far away from my face and I find it a bit intimidating. But I think you, it's just because I haven't done heaps yeah. of it. You don't have to act, you just have to be. Yeah. yeah, and it's trusting that don't push. And I do um, Les Chantry's 
classes. Yeah, great. And he's great. fucking epic. Yeah. Um, and I always go to him after I've done a play because I'm like, teach me how to be on screen again. Um, and I've been doing them for like two, three years. And only this week when I went, he's been trying to get me to be still for literally three years. And I have terrible ADHD. So stillness is like fucked for me. And he gave me this big crying scene. And he was like, just keep your head in the one spot. And once, I don't know, something just clicked and you just learn to trust that stillness is power and it's more powerful to do nothing. Um, and I can't do that yet, but I watch people on screen and I'm like, oh, fuck, you're not doing anything, but it's captivating. Stop it. <laughs> you know, it's just like amazing. Yeah, it's that belief that you don't have to do anything, but but you think a thought and that will, will transcend to yeah, the audience. Yeah, and you can see it even yeah. just in your brain. I don't get it. It's bizarre. It's amazing. <laughs> I remember when I first started and uh, I, I was working with a director who just said, stop acting. Like, what the fuck do you mean? Yeah. Stop acting. I'm, I'm up here. Know. You know, and then you realize it's That's all just about. Mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you have a preference, stage or screen? Um, I probably haven't done enough screen to say because I'm like a bit addicted to stage. Um, at this stage, I'd say theatre. Um, but... But then when, again, when I'm on set, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is so much fun. So I don't know. I think they're both such different skill sets. They are very much so. And there's not a lot of actors who can straddle both platforms. No. Um, so you're really lucky if you, you can do both. Yeah. And I guess as with any actor, it's whatever job you're doing. Totally. Is your favourite. Totally. Exactly. Um, and also the rewards, at the you know. You can't beat live performance when you've got that applause mm. at the curtain call, mm. which is great. Yeah. You, you never get that sort of um, confirmation. An instant. Yeah. 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 Uh, View from a Bridge was really quite an interesting experience for for any actor. I mm. think the, what, the one that you had in that you played the role of Catherine in three... Um, mutations of of the play yeah. uh, starting at the old fits and then going to melbourne theater company and then coming back to the ensemble mm-hmm. um you were the one commonality with all of those 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 three playing catherine um with different actors and different spaces <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. that yeah. must have kept you on your toes yeah it was bloody hard it was much harder than i thought i was like at the first after the fits i was like oh i've done it before i'll be just fine um alas it's fucking challenging um in the best way because you just work with different energies and the energies you're given um yeah i i was like but that must be exciting too you're getting a different energy you've got to find a new uh approach or response exactly and especially the jump between the old fits and mtc because that was a good year Maybe more of not doing it. Um, the office was it was very much it was a tiny space. Yeah. The audience were right on top of you. Yeah. And then at the Sumner, you're in a proscenium arch theatre. Yeah. And the audience are quite removed. Yeah, and I, I don't know which one I liked more, but I've definitely at the old fits because I'm not feminine and I'm not your classic casting of Catherine. Like I'm not fucking Scarlett Johansson. I kind of fell into this trap of like, oh, she needs to be really pretty and cute and like, hi, Eddie, and all that stuff. And so I did that. And that was fine. It worked. But then at MTC, Ian, because he's a fucking genius, was like, I'm just going to plant the seed. Catherine is the niece of the toughest cunt in Red Hook and lives in the roughest part of New York. So how much, how cute do you think she's going to be? Like, she's tough, you know? And she's one of the boys. That's why Eddie and her get along so well. And she I was didn't, like... didn't grow up <gasps> playing with dolls. No. no. And so I was like, oh, my God, the freedom that gave me to make her kind of tomboyish and, like, me and a bit kind of 
dorky and ugly and sit with their legs wide open because she doesn't think it has any effect on anyone. And I think that was my favourite discovery from the, the jump from one stage to another. Um, yeah, the, the freedom that gave me was just... It's a great heaven. direction, isn't it, for somebody just oh, to plant a thought in your head which so opens good. up. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. It's one of the, the classic plays of the American theatre canon yeah. uh, by Arthur Miller. Yeah. What's In a nutshell, what's it about? Uh, it's about a family in Red Hook, um, Italian-American family. Um, Beatrice and Eddie, uh, aunt and uncle to Catherine, who's the niece, and then Italian immigrants arrive, their cousins. Catherine and Rodolfo fall in love. Eddie starts to not be able to cope with that, and no one's really sure why. Then she hits the fan, um, and you discover some things about Eddie's desire. Mm-hmm. Did you have to... Um, of course, you probably did. You had to recalibrate your the size of your performance for those different spaces. Yeah. yeah. Um, in a great... I really like it in Pross Arch. I just think Catherine... Because she's larger than life... Um, and bright and bubbly and I think she really suits a bigger space so I had the best time whenever because we did it in Wollongong as well right. in a pros arch and I loved it there my favorite times we've ever done it have been in pros yeah, yeah. see this is part of your training as well you're yeah. learning all of those sorts yeah. of things on the job yeah. which is fantastic um, so in what ways did your performance change do you think do you think you uh, I, I suppose the longer you spend with a character the more you can mm. become that character but totally. also you were maturing as a human being yeah. also <laughs> yeah. and getting older and all that yeah. sort of thing Did, were you able to find new things as yeah well Ian said to me he was like <laughs> first day of MTC he was like hey love the youth doesn't come for free anymore and I was like what it's been it's been like a year and he was like I, pff, I don't know I, I don't want to tell you and I think because I did I'd done no plays before the first View from the Bridge and then I'd done three or four plays in between and so you grow so much as a person, as an actor from those experiences. And I was like, shit, okay, gonna have to find another way in. Because when I was 17, I was just 17. I didn't have to do anything. And even though I was only 19, my voice got deeper, I was taller, all that stuff. Um, and so that's the way, that's the in we found is that she has no idea of her sexual power over men. She just thinks she's one of the boys, sits with the legs open, sits on his lap, all that stuff. And then when Beatrice is like, honey, you're a grown woman in the same house as a grown man. And that's when Catherine looks down and shuts her legs and she's like, oh my God, oh, that has an effect on people. I didn't even mm. realize. So instead of her youthfulness and immaturity, it was her lack of sexual awareness. That's how that grew. And then it grew again at Ensemble in that way. Um, yeah, that's how we showed the youth, I think. Yeah. Um, how do you manage um, repetition in long runs? Uh, did, you, did you ever get... Uh, a moment where you think, oh, God, I don't have to do this again tonight. This is driving me <laughs> not, nuts. Or... Not for the f- first, like, hundred shows. Like, at from the Fitz to MTC, I just, every night, I was like, oh, but there's so much more to learn. I, what, like, how can you possibly have ever f- discovered everything in Miller? That's so arrogant to think that. And I never did. Even on closing night, I was like, oh, that's that fucking moment, you idiot. Could have done that six weeks ago. Um, but at Ensemble... There was, a, yeah, there was a couple of moments where I was like, I just, uh, can I say this? Yeah. I, the space I didn't love for that version of the show. I'd like, the, the team was the best ever. Um, but I just, I found it really hard, to be honest, in, in three quarter round and with it's people. Quite, and so, yeah, and yeah, so you're in a beer pill. Yeah. And it's, people it, just it can really, be a great space. It was, and it was in. awesome. Yeah. And like, I, I loved it. it was, I just found that space the hardest, hardest yep, for yep. the show, to be honest. Um, 
And so there was a couple moments there where I was like, fuck, this is so hard. And I don't know who Catherine is in this space. Um, but then it went away. And then I, that was just a little hiccup. And, you know, you have those hiccups. I'm just being, like, completely honest. It was, you know, it got hard for a second there because I felt like I lost sight of her in that space because it's big enough to fit some things but too small to fit others. And it's, yeah, and you just feel like people are on top of you. And it's this is the thing. Janine and I used to talk about this a lot. It's embarrassing doing that play. You are revealing things, especially at Ensemble when they're so close and surrounding you. You're like, I don't want you to see this. Like, this is really embarrassing for me to share, like reveal this part of myself with you because it's fucking ugly, you know? Um, but it's a character, it's not Zoe. Well, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, you can't help but feel like there's, you know, bits of yourself that stick yeah. out too. Yeah. So, yeah, it was hard, but in the best way. Yeah. I learned a lot. I, I guess a lot of audiences, you know, the, the punters who come along and see, see uh, theatre don't really have an appreciation that sometimes the success of a production depends on the actors involved, mm-hmm. the direction, the, mm-hmm. the production elements, and the space that exactly. you're seeing it in. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, a Doll's House, part two, <laughs> um, yeah. Tony Award-winning um, play, which looks at sort of um, after she's left the house... Um, 15 years. I've gone blank. What's her name? Nora. 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 How could I forget Nora? Um... Yeah, was that, that was fun to do, yeah. That was the best. And you got to work with Marta again yeah. on stage, yeah. Yeah, we had the best time. Yeah, it was um, it was really interesting because I, I, when they did it on Broadway with... Oh, what's her fucking name? Um, um, <laughs> yes, I know, she started Steppenwolf. Uh, and she was Laurie, in Roseanne. Laura Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf. Metcalf. Okay, that's fine. Oh, we got it. So, so she, when they did it on Broadway, it was like funny, slap, like American comedy. And I think, I don't, I don't know, but I think MTC programmed it with the idea that it was going to be that. And our first read through, we were like, oh shit, this is not funny. This is like heavy. And it wasn't true to us to do it that way. We we're like, sure, we could do it that way. But I think there's more to this play than that for us, for this particular group of people. And so we kind of mined it for all its darkness and um, grief. Because it's a fuck, it's about a mother that leaves her family comes back after 15 years and the daughter was like two when she left. So Emmy's 17, the role I played. And it's awful. Like it's hard. And you kind of jump between siding with Nora and siding with the family. Um, and it's kind of funny up until halfway, which is when my character comes in. Cause you see the consequence of her leaving, um, which is this broken young girl. But then you're like, you're an independent woman and you deserve your freedom if that's what you want. And I guess you go back to the original source. You read. Yeah, we did a read through of that. Yeah. I was not, Emmy you was were in it, of course. You I said, Mama, one time. <laughs> you come in from the snow and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's the beauty of theatre, isn't it? Mm. That, that, that you direct something, I direct something, and um, Joe Smith directs something. And yeah. there's three very different productions totally. depending on what the company brings to totally. it. Totally. Yeah. Um, so did you have or do you have an opening night ritual that you go through? Mm. Um, yeah, I have always... <laughs> bring crystals to the theater like I have a bunch of them um because my grandma was like a geologist kind of and we were like best friends um and I was so they're her crystals they're mixed but once she gave me ones I bought um and I just kind of hold them and kind of channel her because I feel like if you feel you've got someone with you yeah yeah, holding you and has your back it makes it a bit easier um and usually every cast I've been in at least will have a little pre-show ritual that you do every night to get into the same space um, and just, you know, welcome whatever there is in the theatre because there's fucking ghosts in theatre. 
absolutely no doubt about it. And so you just like welcome them in as well. Have you seen them? Um, look, you I really them? thought I saw one at MTC last time, but then the it summer. was actually just a light. <laughs> right. So it wasn't a ghost, but I really thought I did on my birthday, but I didn't. Well, you hear stories of, you know, someone's moved my hairbrush. Where did that go? Or yeah. Why? Where are all those props gone now? Yeah. Yeah. Ian has a hectic one about um, something like fully moving in the middle of the night because you leave a th- opening night ritual. He will leave something out for them the night before. Right. And it, to get, oh, I can't remember. It's brilliant. It's so like they're fully there. You've got to open up to them. Right. <laughs> about leaving something for Santa and the literally, reindeers. yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. It's a good luck charm. Well, and look, it, it, it is a superstition or a tradition or, or, or whatever. It's something, one of those glorious things about the theatre that, that we honour. Yeah. And um, it's part of the magic of it all. Totally. Yeah. And like beautiful Simon Maiden, he'll always, um, you know, they think of his mates who aren't here anymore. Great. You know, like other actors and take them on with him. You Absent know? friends, yeah. Yeah. Do you read reviews? Uh, yeah, sometimes. The ones that with people I like who wrote them. Um, or people that, that, that you trust their opinion. Yeah, on people I yeah. respect the opinion yeah. of, I'll read them. Um, and then some I just can't be bothered. I think it's tricky. I think it's dangerous. And I'll only do it if I feel like I'm in the mental space where I can. But, you know, well, if you believe right. the good ones, you have to believe the bad ones. And it's one person's opinion. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And if somebody had a different reaction to it, then I guess that's all right. It's just unfortunate yeah. that they have a readership. Totally. Yeah. And some people just don't like the play yeah. at the end of the or day. Or don't get it. Yeah. yeah. We've got, we got a bit of a slack from a few reviewers in Melbourne because it was a play about... A View from the Bridge is a play about a patriarchal man. Right. And he goes down a hero. And I was like, mm, sure. I think if you listen to it, the women are the heroes at the end of the day. Yeah. But I get it, you know. Um, have you had to audition much? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Do oh, you like auditioning? Uh, mm, yeah, I do. Yeah. I think, yeah. Why? Um, I used to fucking hate it and yeah. I was shit at it and I just wanted to cry every time because I just was so scared of being rejected. But um, I like aud- auditioning for things I really want um, because I don't know. I think I just go, the right thing will happen. Just because okay, you stress yourself out and you freak, like, you know, fuck yourself up a little bit before. But every time I've really wanted something, I've walked in there and it's some, the right thing has always happened. It's never been a catastrophe. So I'm like, if it hasn't been so far, it's not going to be next time. And I think if you've prepared enough and you've gone in and you've given it your best shot, if nothing happens, oh, at least you'll be satisfied that's that all you can I've do. done what I, I needed to. Exactly. Because casting so often comes down to a, a myriad of things. Oh, so many yeah. things. And, and, and you might be right and the network didn't approve of you. Exactly. Or you're too short or... Yeah. yeah, and that's happened a lot in the past year. But Les Chantry, he says, um, book the room, not the job, which I think is really important. Oh, that's great and that's advice, happened yeah. to me before. They'll go, oh, you're not right for this one, but then they'll cast me something else, you know? Because his thing, it's really cool. His thing is that don't, if there's a, a kind of wafy, airy, fairy role, don't go in and try to be that. There's somebody who is that. They were born that way and they can do it for free. Do your thing with the text and they'll go, okay, holy shit, you are so not right for this, but we're going to think of you next time when we have that role that is you, yeah, you know? Yeah. Every audition is an audition for something else. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you yeah. never know what's going to pay off. Yeah. So how do you handle rejection if something doesn't go your way? I, I guess by just that, that psychological preparation. You just yeah, it's hard. Like, 
Some are really because it's hard. a big part, more than any other occupation in the world. Mm-hmm. I think acting is one where you, you know you have to develop that resilience early. Otherwise, like every two weeks, you, you get rejected. It. You yeah. know, um, it's been yeah. There's some where it's like you know what I gave that everything. I couldn't have possibly done more, and so be it. And then there's some where it's like, fuck, this hurts. You know, like it, this industry can hurt a lot sometimes because you kind of bear your soul for something. And put all your trust and love into it and then it doesn't go your way and that's just life. But like, yeah, it fucking stings. And I don't no, I haven't I haven't handled it <laughs> the best sometimes. Um, but then sometimes it's like I'm getting better at it. I think it's like a it's a skill. We get better at it, but it still hurts. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah then. I guess it's good not, not to invest so much into gee, when I get this, I can yeah, pay off that. Yeah, but then I also and... have this other thing where, because I used to go, no, I don't even want it. It's fine, don't even want it. And I didn't get it. And I think you'd have to, like, my thing now is I'm like, I'm just going to say that I want it because I'm not, I, of course I want it. I'm not going to lie and say I didn't even want it anyway. It's like, hello, universe or people, whoever the fuck's listening, I really want this. This would be really awesome. Um, and just, like, kind of let let it be known that you want it. And because then, fuck, it hurts more after. But I think doing not investing is worse i think investing more and having more pain is fine because you gave it your all yeah you have a favorite playwright ah miller would be up there yeah yeah. um of course he does you've spent so much time with him yeah um and you've also done the crucible yeah that's cool yeah, yeah 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 so um yeah and there's a whole lot of other millers yeah i really want to do all my sons yeah really bad because because there's actors we that have a particular style or they're more appropriate to particular yeah it's not everyone that can do tennessee williams it's not everyone that could do noel Coward. totally yeah tennessee williams would be another one mm. um and i fucking love a taste of honey yeah by Shalid, sheila sheila delaney yep. um that's like i haven't read any of her other stuff but that play Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to see you in some Tennessee Williams. Yeah, me too, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone listening? Um, how important is social media to an actor, do you think? Do you, do you oh, use it much? Do you Because yeah, there's a I lot do. of people who use it to sell themselves and, and build up followers and all that yeah. sort of thing. But, you know. I'd I be think... lying if I said I didn't give a fuck about it. I think it's pretty impossible to not give a fuck about it if you were born in 2000. Well, um, it's your generation also, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I've grown up on it. Um and fuck it doesn't hurt like you know you sell a couple of tickets to shows you let people know what you're doing you just have to be careful because it's a toxic space if you let it be um and it fucks me off a lot that in LA and stuff they're starting to cast people based on how many followers they have I think that's just oh here there's been casting calls (sighs) where you know you can't be you won't be seen unless you've got so many followers oh like what the fuck yeah 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 that's not the crowd really that shits me a lot and that makes me not want to have it at all um but at the same time it's really fun for a lot of stuff Mm. and I it it, you know there's some there's people on there that are so inspiring like I don't know do you know Chella Man no you should look him up he's a deaf trans artist and he's just been cast in a massive American TV show and like I get to see what he's doing every day and I'm like you are so inspiring I want to be just like you so if you use it for good yes, yes. I think it's your friend but yeah. then if you just follow a lot of skinny people drinking tea that makes them lose weight 
think you'd be, be a bit depressed. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right too. It's it's a great way to sort of let fan know, fans know what you're doing. Or, yeah, totally. Or people who want to see you perform yeah. where you can see it. Because again, with changing technology, there's no advertisements in newspapers anymore. No, or, no. You know, so we've got to find ways to to build audiences. Yeah. Um, how do you learn lines? I've I've got one of those brains. Do you? Yeah. You can just look at something and then. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, sort of. Like I've got to put a bit of work in, but I'm I'm pretty lucky in that department. That is a gift. Yeah, yeah. And I guess also, uh, you know, for television actors, that that is a big gift. Because, yeah. You know, you're often learning, having to re- required to learn scripts overnight. Totally, and I I can learn them, but then they'll call rolling, and I get a bit scared, and <laughs> sometimes forget. But for theatre, like really quickly screen it takes me a bit longer because i get more nervous right. yeah what do you fear what, what, what I, do you on fear screen? or any anywhere what, what's so much man because yeah. a big question oh do you? um like oh you're just putting yourself out there yeah and it's pretty full on you, you've got to be really vulnerable don't you or, or be yeah. happy to wear that vulnerability but then you also have to be have a strong backbone my friend janine she says this amazing thing she says, um, strong back, soft front. And that's what we'd say to each other every night before we went on stage. Because you obviously... So you've mentioned Janine a couple of times. So this is a Beatrice fella. interview for the bridge. Yes, another um, actor, right? She's the best. Um, and yeah, and it's that thing of prop yourself up and know what you want and know who you are. But then you have to stay completely open and vulnerable and available. So it's like those two things happening at once. And it's such a balance of not being too much of an arrogant prick, but then also not being too soft. <laughs> So what makes you happy? What makes me happy? Um, so much. My friends love acting. Um, my friends are big on my family. Uh, playing guitar. Um, reading. Lots of stuff. Great. Lots of stuff, yeah. You're extraordinary. I've, I've loved having a chat to you oh, this morning. Thank you so much for thank having you. me. Uh, it's great, great. And um, may we long see you on screens and stages <laughs> over, over the next... Uh, next periods of time. Thanks, Zoe. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I know I go on about it, but have you rated and reviewed The Stages podcast yet? Don't tell me it slipped your mind. It's easy. Just go to the podcast directory in iTunes, probably where you've accessed this episode. Just scroll to the bottom and you'll see a section titled Ratings and Reviews. Tap to rate via the stars. Hopefully you'll hit number five. And then follow up with a few choice words or phrases by tapping on the section Write a Review. Your support here will help to give the podcast broader exposure and lift us in the ratings. As always, I'm Peter Ayers and you've been listening to Stages. Stages.